0: hey it's david weiner writer and director of the in search of darkness documentaries you are listening to the horror squad podcast Core Squad Podcast. This is episode number 285. Tonight we're talking about 1987's The Lost Boys, which is a Joe pick. I'm your co-host Todd. We have Joe and we have Steve. We got 4th of July tomorrow for our American listeners as of this recording, so everyone be safe. Don't blow off your fingers. Don't put fireworks in your head and light them off. Don't drink and drive. All that fun stuff, but also have a good time. What are you guys doing? Or what, I guess Steve's not doing anything 4th of July, but what are you doing, Joe?
1: Well, Steve had Canada Day. So we ah. did have that. And that was before the 4th. So let's hear about Canada Day, Steve.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's Canada Day. So ours is July 1st, so very close to July 4th. And it's kind of the same deal, barbecues and people shooting off fireworks nice. and they drop and they hit each other with the fireworks. You know, it's basically the same thing as the 4th of July. Yeah, it was, I mean, I didn't do much. It's The weather's been shitty and I'm old, so <laughs> I don't really do too much. I watched the fireworks. People were, like, shooting off their own fireworks in the park next to me watch those and watch the movies and nothing too special so it's just nice to have a three-day weekend
1: that's really what i'm happy about what about you joe what are you doing now uh yeah i'm just um, sam and i are just staying over my friend's house for the night i'm actually recording there so if it sounds a little different i apologize maybe it sounds better who knows maybe i'll record here over here every day now but yeah no we're just staying over the his town which is in chelmsford Um, They do like like a night market tonight and then tomorrow they have a parade and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're just doing that. And then over the weekend, we went antiquing with my parents and I didn't find anything personally. But Sam found a bunch of like goodies. She found like a ton of Goosebumps and Fear Street like books. She almost she's going to be getting pretty close to like the entire Goosebumps collection at this point. And then she also found, like, these really, really cool vintage records from, like, the 70s and 80s. So they're, like, books, but they come with records, and, like, it tells the story. So she found, like, the Haunted Mansion and Gremlins and a couple other like spooky ones they also had like Frankenstein and Wolfman which he didn't pick up I was tempted to get them but they're a little pricey at nine ninety five. I mean really not that pricey but I don't know like I'm never gonna listen to them so I was like hey, what am I gonna do with these but they're still really cool and pretty unique so yeah what about you Todd did you get that book which one
0: the Fright Night book
1: I oh yeah Sam Sam did Sam got the Fright Night yeah nice. we found the novelization of Fright Night it was only like It was like brand new. The thing was brand new too. Like it looked like it was right out of, you know, Barnes and Noble. So yeah, she got a good deal. And she like, it was under $2. So steal. That's a
0: snag right there. Mm -hmm. For me, let's see. um, Doing some grilling. I'm going to do some uh, pork ribs. going to boil them. Then I'm going to finish them off on the grill. Get that nice little crisp edges. Get that barbecue sauce fucking smothered on there. Homemade mashed potatoes. You know, I'm going to boil those up with some sour cream in there. Some milk, some butter, maybe some chives. See how it goes and then we could eat, and we could light up some fireworks. However, due to the incident around 2019 or 2020, something like that, where I lit the planners on fire, uh, I will no longer be buying like elaborate fireworks that shoot off, no mortars, no bottle rockets, nothing like that. <laughs> because, and it was a design flaw. I've told a story before, but for new people, it's like a thing where it's like a pack of like 100, right? It's like a big brick you can put it on the ground, and then it, it, you light it and, and let it launch. However, this thing some reason one of them went off and it flipped the entire thing on its side so it started shooting them off into the house so like you know they're shooting off into the fucking neighbor's front porch and into my planner and i had to run over there with my bucket of water that my wife always makes fun of me every year for having a bucket of water this time i'm taking heavy rocket fire running into it doused it out my fucking planners lit up in flames (laughs) put those out with the hose but due to that i'm like all right no longer nothing that explodes or launches strictly fountains and like ground flowers and sparklers so that's what we're gonna do this year but it's been going on for like fucking four days solid now like every night someone's just lighting off their homemade bomb shooting guns off in the air because it's america and yeah but it's gonna be a good time looking forward to the ribs
2: they're nice. shooting guns like up in the air
0: <laughs> yeah people shoot guns up in the air all the time they, they,
2: they, they know the bullets
1: come down right
0: <laughs> they don't think about the consequences or the after effects of that yeah uh,
1: all right great <laughs> It's. Yeah. I saw a thousand ways to die, where like someone got legit murdered like that way, like yes. basically, it's crazy. Yeah. The bullets come down and leave holes and stuff. So they, they land some. They gotta land somewhere. Steve, we had movie club, right? How'd that go?
2: We did. So <laughs> I have a little beef with our Discord. I love our Discord, but I have beef with them. Ooh, uh, so I, I put up a a vote. Oh, uh, so we had a theme for like summer beachy, you know, movies and stuff like that, and I put like twelve different options, and a lot of people, well, almost everyone that voted voted for a movie called terror at blood fart lake, which we had talked about last week and no joke. I think only one of the people who voted for that movie actually showed up to the movie club. Oh, so we, uh, we called an audible and we ended up watching cruel jaws because we had a discussion about it before the, the movie had started and fuck. We had a lot of fun. That movie is such a delight. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out. It's on to Listen to our episode about it. We, we had so much fun discussing that one. It's it's a wild fucking like so bad. It's good movie. And yeah, we, we had a good time. So thank you to everyone who showed up. And uh, the theme for July is actually going to be shark. So we're going to have shark movies, and we're going to vote on that one as well. And we'll see how it goes. So join our Discord, and you can be part of that kind of stuff. So thank you to everyone who showed up. It was awesome. All right. So now it's time to spill a little tea. Oh, you want the tea? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news
1: all right guys and here we go this is your cup of joe for the week first of all i want to mention a little teaser we mentioned a little bit last week anyone we are planning a meetup in salem save the dates october 20th to the 22nd we are going to have more details as they come but it seems those are definitely going to be the dates to lock down it is going to be, um, we got an event going on. Um, the event, Our event is going to be on Saturday, but you, aren't go- you are not going to want to miss the entire weekend. Honestly, it's going to be quite a fun, fun thing. So just keep up with our Discord and our social medias, obviously. And once we can announce it, we will. And it should be within the next few weeks. I think we should be able to get yeah, a little more details. But yeah, so that is very exciting. All right, so let's start off with what do we get? I guess I always end with... Rest in pieces. So let's start on a somber note instead of ending on a somber note. Actor Julian Sands uh, has been missing for quite a long time. Star, of course, Harfen's known best for Warlock. And he went hiking and went missing. And unfortunately, they did find his remains just uh, last week. So rest in peace to Julian Sands. He was 65 years old. So yeah, he'll def- definitely be missing. Just a tragic, tragic accident.
0: Yeah, I've I've been hiking on that trail a few times over in uh, mm-hmm. Mount Baldy, California, and it's it's not like anything crazy, but you know storms come in like randomly. You know, if you're not prepared for it, I guess that's probably what happened because he had you know record storm in that er- uh, record snow in that area during the time, so probably just got overtaken. So R.I.P.
2: Yeah, it could also just be as simple as he had a heart attack or yeah, anything, true. right? Yeah, you you know, never, you never have... know what happens when you're in the middle of nowhere if you don't have. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, I'm glad for his family that they found the remains, though, because then at least you're not left wondering. But after six months, I think it was pretty safe to assume that he probably didn't make it. That's too bad. Warlock is a cool series, a very underrated series, I think, as well. So uh, one I'd recommend for people. It's it's a fun one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, on a positive note, let's go from negative to positive, I guess, is uh, Christina Ricci. Congratulations to her because she is finally going to receive her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Of course, Christina Ricci in many classics, most notably, of course, The Addams Family, Sleepy Hollow, Yellow Jackets, among many, many others. But yeah, so she'll be getting her star on the Walk of Fame next year in 2024. Not like it's a thing though, right? Like, don't you have to like pay? Don't you like pay for that yourself or something like that? Or there's something?
0: I have no idea. I know Romero got his after his death, I think.
2: Yeah, so yeah, so the, no. the way it works is uh, the Academy of whoever decides for this thing nominates people and then they ask you if you'd be interested in this, but there's like a, there's a, like a maintenance fee for your star, like because it's a, I think it's a nonprofit, so you're kind of on the hook for the maintenance of that star for a certain amount of years, and I don't know what happens after, but that's, that's what it is, is that you have to kind of accept it and then pay for it. It's not like people can just put money and be like, I want to star on the Walk of Fame, you know? Okay. You do have to go through a process. Although I think it's kind of loose (laughs) how they select people. I mean, I'm super happy for her and she earns it, but I think it's a loose process, but still you do have to still earn your way onto the Walk of Fame.
1: Mm -hmm. All righty. All right, next bit of news here. M. Night Shyamalan, he has teased his new movie. It is going to be called Trap. And here's the interesting part about this it is going to take place entirely at a concert, which I find to be a very interesting concept. He just went on to say, he said, I have a new idea. I started writing it out. It will be released next year in 2024. It's going to be a very, very exciting thriller. It's very unusual and very new compared to what I've been trying to do recently, but I'm feeling very excited about the story so much so that I can't wait for you guys all to see it. So. Obviously, plot and everything under wraps for now. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Like sort of thriller, horror movie entirely taking place at a concert? I mean, I think that sounds really interesting. And I've never really – don't think I've ever really seen anything like that. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think you got to be careful with what kind of genre and music you choose, right? Because, you know, music, you can alienate one person or the next. You know, don't like country, don't like hip-hop, whatever it is. So that's going to be interesting to see what he does. If it's – maybe it's not even even around the music. Maybe it's like a backstage thing. I mean – like of green room
1: right
0: yeah green room's mm-hmm. fucking amazing man yeah it is very
1: nice all right a couple more stories but very kind of a slow been a slow couple of weeks with uh, the holiday and everything coming up but one exciting bit of news is that spirit halloween has announced their animatronics for this year and they have quite a cool lineup most notably i would say they are doing a full-size Crypt Keeper. From Tales from the Crypt. If you guys have not seen this yet, I will post it in the Discord. Um, I'll post it in the as discussed on once this episode releases. Also, I know something horror fans will go crazy for is a leather face, a full size leather face from Texas Chainsaw Masker, a pretty lady version of it, which is gonna be really cool. Also, we are going to be getting a new Killer Clowns animatronic. Um, last year we got Shorty. This year, I believe it's going to be Slim. Is it? Do we know? Yeah, it's going yeah, to be sure. Slim yeah so that, i mean that's really awesome so those are kind of the main big three for horror fans we're also going to be getting a whole bunch of sort of new and unique uh, original characters that spirit's done but those are three the three definite ones to check out the slim one is standing at i think eight feet tall or something I'm like that I and mean, right, right fucking now 7.2 awesome.
0: 7. feet
1: yeah that's yeah. a big four fifty it's, also all, like all, all, it's uh, probably three ninety
0: nine yeah okay um, okay, okay. So is Crypt Keeper and he's sitting down in a little chair. I don't know if that chair comes with it, but he's sitting down probably two and a half feet. That seems mm-hmm. a little steep for for a, a smaller animatronic four hundred bucks, but
1: mm.
0: I guess you can try well, efficient there. I think
1: they're, yeah, they're licensed. So they obviously got to tr- upcharge on that, but, but yeah. I think the Leatherface is the winner. He looks really, really good. I thought, but I want to get a crib keeper myself personally, just because they, they don't make a lot of crib keeper stuff. And like having a full size crib keeper would be awesome. And the last time I've seen one like that, Spencer's did one like way back in the nineties and he's so rare and tough to get now. So I'll probably end up paying the 300 bucks or whatever it is and picking up that crib keeper. So, the Sam. Yeah.
0: The Sam is only 179 bucks.
1: I mean, I I
0: have that one. I think. I <laughs> think both of you have that.
1: Yeah, well. I have it right behind me. Actually, I <laughs> didn't. Uh, yeah, I haven't. Go, I haven't it's grabbed him yet. I've been wanting to. It's pretty cheap. I never the for that. Yeah, yeah, 179 is not bad for him. Yeah, I'll probably I'll grab him eventually. I just got like no room. It'll, I mean, I could. guess I, I could buy him. Just keep him in the box put them in storage but yeah do you guys did you guys get the shorties too do you both have the shorties? i do i, I got the Steve only shorty yeah. that they had in my city <laughs> they only they only nice. got
2: one on order and i'm the one who got it so it's in my basement as well you
1: gonna, so, so you're gonna pick up slim to add to them
2: with it i, I think i gotta stop lay i don't have room left <laughs> laugh it. it's, it's yeah, starting right. to look like the house and fucking
1: t- tourist trap in here <laughs> you know like, <laughs> you got it man
0: you got it
1: yeah we'll, we'll see <laughs> All right. Yeah. So keep your eye out on your uh, spirit stores. Uh, you can probably order online too, but you know, I'm sure they will be coming in stores too. So keep your eyes open for spirits that are going to be opening very, very soon. I think actually the flagship store is opening within a couple weeks. And then, you know, after that, All the other stores around your skeletons of circuit cities and whatnot, um, and stores of past will uh, start opening. So keep your eye open. All right. And the final bit of news here is Prop Store just recently had their auction. And there was a lot of horror items that went up for auction. Most shockingly, I think, was the price tag that went on some of these items. And most notably was the Poltergeist doll. So the Evil Clown from poltergeist sold at auction screen matched so from the original poltergeist movie it went for a whopping over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. um so i don't know who bought it i really wish you know we find out i hope we find out because that is i mean that's a house you know someone just spent <laughs> yeah. a house for that for that doll. Yeah. a very nice yeah. house <laughs> yeah. too yeah so i mean just an, an insane price tag it went way over, I think the estimates as well. So, you know, congratulations to the person who won that. I think it's the only one in existence from that first movie. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool too. Cause like the fabric and everything turned pink on it. So it's like aged, you know, from blue to pink and whatnot. So. But yeah, very, very. And also, the Norris head spider from The Thing also went up for auction and that sold for $587,000. Wow. Um, so yeah, also, there was a couple of uh, a mask from Jason Mask from part six sold for $37,000. And the mask from part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, sold for $34,000. There was a lot other items non wise the original game board from Jumanji screen-matched, sold for $262,000. Also, here's a fun one I thought was, uh, oh, Michael Keaton's Batsuit from Batman Return sold for $137,000. I, fi- can, can, I agree. Stuff, you know? I agree. I assume yeah. it's probably not screen-matched. I'm assuming it's like a production-made one. And, there, and there's multiples. Like so Yeah, that's right, seven. right. Also, here's one that really shocked me, actually. Sam Neill's hat from Jurassic World Dominion. One hundred and twelve thousand um, dollars. That is for the one no that one is one happy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, <laughs> so that that one definitely surprised me. Um, here's one I thought that came in a little low. Harry Potter's costume with glasses from Harry Potter Chamber Secrets. One hundred thousand dollars. But I know there's like a million of those out there. So also a Gremlin puppet from the original Gremlins sold for ninety three thousand dollars. An original Kite from Critters sold for twelve thousand dollars. And finally, I'll end with because Steve, I know, loves him some Shawshake Redemption and Stephen King. Andy Dufresne's Rock Hammer sold for $87,000, which I think is kind of on the low end for something so iconic. Yeah, the, the Bible as well was a uh,
2: fraction oh, okay, cool. with, with uh, like the hole in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fucking yeah. awesome
1: items. Just, I mean, just reminds yeah. you how
0: poor we all are. <laughs> right. I, actually, yeah. guys, I, it made I me think...
1: realize I'll probably never own a screen used. I but Steve picked something up recently. Yeah, I, I don't think I
2: said on this podcast. I actually said on my other podcast. But I actually picked up my first ever uh, movie props, and they are the um, medical like certificate, like the d- diploma for Doctor Gordon uh, from Part Seven, not from the original, and also the uh, like a commendation for Matt Hoffman, which is in his office, also from Part Seven. And that included some um, continuity, like Polaroids that they took of like makeup and stuff that was kind of with the pack as well. So uh, and I was able to screen match it myself. <laughs> I actually went through the movie and like found them and took a picture of them. So they are actually from the movie. And because I-, I wasn't super sure about like how legitimate they were. Like I was pretty confident because it's someone who worked on the film, but the university on the certificate didn't match the ones I saw online, because it says he's from the University of Indiana, and it doesn't say Indiana on the uh, on the one I got. But upon looking further in part seven, it doesn't say in Indiana. I guess maybe there was a rights issue or something. So it's this like fake university that they use. So yeah, pretty happy. You know, it's, it it kind of just fell on my lap. It's not like I was looking for it. It's a friend of mine who had them and he was selling them and he thought of me. He knew I wanted to start a prop collection. So you know, I thought it was a cool first piece because it is recognizable to a character and you do see it in the movie. So yeah, I was pretty happy with it. I'm still planning to buy something like bigger, but this is a cool start for me.
0: Well, I got I got you one up there, Steve. I have a screen used watch from the hit movie Terror Trips Ooh. starring our buddy Damien Maffei. That
2: <laughs> Nice.
0: Me and Joe, absolutely. Did you see that one, Steve, or is just Joe No,
2: it's never been on like in streaming. <laughs> Not <here>. very
1: good. <laughs> so <laughs> awful. I threw him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I
0: was like, uh, whatever.
1: <laughs> All right, well, that is it for hard news this week, ladies and gentlemen. And don't forget, if you ever want to send in other hard news that uh, you want me to talk about on the show, just send it in over on our Discord or so uh, any of our social media. Just send me a PM or a DM, and we'll talk about it.
2: Awesome. So one more thing I forgot to mention about Canada today is they finally opened a Deadly Grounds coffee near my city. So that happened on July 1st. Super psyched to go check it out. And speaking of Deadly Grounds coffee, here's a little ad from
1: our partners. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly use the front door oh they're so disgusting
2: what watched yes oh i can't wait
0: night of the (laughs) dead 2012 epic
2: did you watch it joe i did yeah oh yes i watched it too I was, <laughs> I was too curious i had to watch it starring ron jeremy is that his name i guess i guess
1: it's starring loosely
0: starring ron <laughs> jeremy ex-porn star now is he convicted felon i don't
2: follow yeah he's in jail
0: is he well <laughs> yeah
2: for a lot of really bad crimes so fuck that dude. people
0: it's not cool anyway uh, Night of the dead was a, a a doozy picked by steve for winning second quarter trivia and boy was it a doozy first of all I implore you guys to go to Letterboxd and type up Night of the Dead, instructed directed by Dennis Devine, to see one of the best posters of all time. I don't know who designed it, who put the stamp of approval on it, but it's awful. And this movie matches in quality. Um, it is about a evil doctor uh, that is trying to bring people back from the dead because he has his daughter that passed away. So he breaks out a murderer uh, to help him get victims and things like that. And then we are met with some sorority sisters who are just looking to party. You know, they get a very weird invitation, literally thrown over their fucking wall into their lap. And they're like, hey, cool, an invitation. Let's go party. Oh, wait, but that's the address to a place that's haunted. Well, whatever, cool. So they go out into the woods and they use this fucking rock wall. It's a very good plot point. There's this center block wall that everyone has to jump over and they make it a plot point to explain how everyone does it. And then we're talking about Ron Jeremy, who owns a strip club, uh, where they have two of our characters who are a mother and daughter stripping team, if you're into that. And he is the best part of the movie. And if you have to stay, say that, that is a sad moment in your movie. <laughs> this movie is fucking awful. They use two different cameras. One has a weird frame rate issue. I don't know if it was intentional or not. But it it, it has a, a stuttering effect where you'll you'll be... Okay, so they shoot one scene with two cameras, and when they switch from camera to camera, one camera has a different frame rate than the other, so the scene starts stuttering and it makes it look fucking weird. Audio is picking up everything. Someone kicks a tripod at one point. It's just it's just a mess, and I hated it, and I hate Steve, so <laughs> what else? What do, you, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, so I started watching it, and I got about 10 minutes in, and then I had to watch it in 1.5 speed on Tubi because I was like I can't sit through an hour and a half of this and it was yeah I mean just as bad in 1.5 speed as it would be in normal speed but luckily I got through it a little quicker but yeah I mean I literally have nothing good to say about it you know everything is about as amateur as amateur gets you know we could have done something better than this I think I, I really think so I mean just bottom of the barrel like prop Stuff, you know, you get like this, like a Dollar Tree, like night retractable knife that's just like so, like the cheapest of cheap plastic you can find, and like an axe that is clearly like a, you know, something you pick up at Kmart or something like that. You know, I, I as far as positive, I mean, I sadly, I agree. I think Roger Jeremy probably is like the best part of this movie, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nothing really good to say about this one. The wall gag did kind of make me laugh of how terrible it looked you know the editing for it you could like it was it's was really just really fucking bad the women were nice to look at you know that, that is a positive you know they're they're pretty attractive so yeah that's that's really all i got it was it was terrible i uh the best thing i could say about this is that there's six reviews we've done three of them so we own 50 percent of the reviews on letterboxd <laughs> <That's> now <funny. laughs> Yeah, so I only
2: picked this because I think it was Joe. Is it you, Joe, that made us watch The, like, the Doll or Doll or whatever? It could have been taught. I do One of you two made me watch that movie, and it had Ron Jeremy in it as well, so I figured I'd return the favor. And yeah, this movie is so fucking bad. I, I, do, I like to punish myself, so I watched it as well. And a few observations I made. Number one, I laughed out loud when this girl comes into a forest to meet her ex-boyfriend out of fucking nowhere, and to prove that she is a better girlfriend than the other one she starts doing like capoeira or like some kind of like like breakdancing moves on the floor just like hey can your girlfriend do this and she goes into these weird ass poses it's just absolutely ridiculous and, and his
0: new girlfriend's right there in front of them too. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: <laughs> and it's did it serve anything to their story nope no. because that's they get offed, you know, in really bad ways. Is this the uh, same
0: forest that has cars driving in the background? That's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: That they filmed, like, at a <laughs>
0: yeah. at a park. They couldn't you know? go deeper into the forest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there's that. I love that the director had, like, a wall climbing fetish because you see every character in this movie climb the wall. But I got so psyched when Ron Jeremy had to climb the wall. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be hilarious. But unfortunately, he gets offed right before uh, climbing the wall. So that was a bummer. Uh, like you said, Joe, my God, the dollar store props that they use in this Uh, not only is the retractable knife like super obvious because i'm sure you know most of us have owned that really shitty prop before but there's they bring in another knife at some point and it's like comically huge because it's probably like a styrofoam one that they also got at the dollar store Uh, just fucking unbelievable and i don't know if you guys knew this but it was set on friday the 13th and you can tell that yeah because i swear they fucking mention it every goddamn two minutes in the film it is the weirdest thing it's just it's bad all around i mean it was an easy i mean todd you gave it a a star so you you brought up the rating in this fucking movie (laughs) because i gave it a half star so i will explain my one
0: star rating it's because this line that i've already used on my wife multiple times and it's ron jeremy saying you're a tall sexy girl ever consider a career in stripping and I just thought it was so fucking funny because so, it's so random. Speaking of the stripping parts, stock footage strippers? Like, what was that? Like, is that literally, like, they couldn't get anyone to film a, a topless scene, so they got stock footage? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no one really gets it. I think there's only, like, one woman gets actually, like, naked in this this yeah. whole movie. There's not as much nudity as you would think, which also brings it down. Because, like, if we're going to watch something this terrible, at least, like, give a little nudity in it. But no, you get, you get nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy. I it was the one I picked. I think it was a good punishment. Terrible. Yeah, it was very bad. And I also yeah. So two half stars and a and a one star on that one. Okay. <laughs> what else you guys got? Ah uh, yeah, I'll go next. I only got one more because I watched what was it? I don't even remember what it was called "Night of the Dead." <laughs> so the other one I watched was Becky Two, The Wrath of Becky. This one, of course, we reviewed Becky One uh, about a year ago. I want to say it came out. And yeah, so this one, Becky now is living with, you know, new foster parents and whatnot, kind of pretending to be a good girl and whatnot, clearly a front. She ends up, you know, breaking out from there and goes rogue where she uh, is picked. She hitchhikes. She's picked up by this older woman who takes her in. This takes place, I want to say, like two years after the original movie. So Becky's now like 16 and she has a dog. Uh, a la sort of John Wick style. Her and the dog are sort of best friends. Um, And she's taken in by this older woman. The older woman, they end up, so Becky ends up, she's working at a diner and she comes across these sort of redneckish type gentlemen who give her shit. She ends up spilling a coffee on the guy. They follow her back to the house and they attack her and the older woman. And basically the rest of the movie is, and they kidnap her dog and the rest of the movie is becky exacting revenge trying to get her dog back and exact and looking for revenge um for them hurting the older woman she lives with yeah i mean this one wasn't bad i'd say it's like pretty on par with the first becky so if you didn't like the first becky you're not gonna like this becky if you like the first becky though you're gonna enjoy this one you know i they'll the kills are all like really solid it's definitely gorier than the first movie i wish we got a little more kills honestly you know the first movie we dealt with neo-nazis with kevin james this time we deal with i guess sort of political terrorists and this time we have sean william scott aka stifler from american pie is like our main guy not as good as kevin james neo-nazi i will say that so the the villains were a bit lacking but it's made up for it with becky because becky also is obviously the star you know the movie knows exactly what it wants to be which is just like sort of a goofy crazy time with like over-the-top kills and just like ridiculous sort of premises so you're either going to be along for the ride or you're not and for the most part i was along for the ride i had a good time watching it not going to make my top 10 or anything like that but I'd say it's worth a watch, especially if you enjoyed the first movie. I gave it the same exact score. I gave the first beggy three out of five. Nice. All right,
2: so I have two this week. I'm continuing my uh, 70s push as we are now three weeks away from our top of the 70s episode, which by the way, we're still collecting lists for. And I will uh, pull a contest for anyone who sends us a list. Uh, I'm going to basically send you a envelope full of autographs and prints and stuff like that of horror movies, of course. So anyone who sends the list, I will enter into the contest and you'll be able to win that. So you got about two weeks left from the day of this recording to send us those top of the 70s list. So as preparation for this list, I'm, you know, just pushing 70s movies I have for the last few weeks. So the two I'm going to watch, uh, talk about this week, rather. Uh, first one I saw over on Tubi and it's from 1976 and it's called Burnt Offerings. So this is a story of a family who go to take care of a house, and they kind of want a vacation there for the summer at the same time. Is that Karen and- Black? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, yeah, so they go to the house, and this elderly couple kind of own it, and they say, okay, yeah, you can stay here for the summer. Maybe j- just do a little bit of work, uh, and it's going to be actually really cheap. But the caveat is that uh, their elderly mother lives upstairs, and they need to like feed her and stuff like that. So they think, okay, great, that's no problem. So they stay at the mansion and hang out, but they start getting hurt a lot, like in random ways. And it seems to be from unseen forces kind of helping them get hurt. For example, uh, the little boy who's in there, he's swimming with the dad and all of a sudden the dad starts kind of getting possessed and he tries to like drown the boy and he doesn't know like what happened. And and fortunately for the boy, he actually managed to escape. And the dad has no idea what prompted him to do that. And there are more and more incidents kind of going on throughout the film that are kind of really weird and seem like unprovoked on their part. And as this is happening, every time an incident happens, the house repairs itself for some strange reason. And also, and this is really where I think the film shines, there's this really interesting side story with the dad where he has these um, flashbacks of like a funeral that he was at and there's this really creepy like chauffeur like a guy who drives a car and he kind of reminds me a little bit of the dude in phantasm you know like he's really like skinny and bony and kind of old and he has this really creepy smile and he keeps having these flashbacks of this really creepy dude coming like just and he's just driving around smiling and there's really it's just i don't know there's something really offputting about all that uh, I think the movie was okay. I, I really liked the creepy chauffeur. There's something really off-putting about him. And every time he showed up, I was like, more interested in the film. But the rest of the film I thought was kind of weird. I don't feel they explained things enough to really get my attention. And there's a twist ending, which I won't spoil, which I don't feel was earned. I feel if they had put more thought into... Uh, explaining what was going on and really making them earn that ending. It could have been better, but as it stands, I was like, okay, it was a cool one-time watch, but nothing I'd watch again. I gave it two and a half stars out of five over on Letterboxd, so that it was burnt offerings. Next one is a movie from 1977, starring William Shatner, and it's called Kingdom of the Spiders. So this is basically Night of the Living Dead, but with spiders. Uh, small Arizona Arizona town, and they're like these spider mounds that start growing on a farm. And you have the kind of local sheriffs and stuff like that trying to figure out what's going on. And then the spiders start coming out of the mounds, and they try to get out of it, but they can't. And the spiders start taking over the town. So, you know, to their best efforts, they can't do anything. So they actually end up holding into a house. And then exactly like Night of the Living Dead start boarding up the doors and windows and all the spaces so the spiders can't get in because the spiders are killing everyone. And that's basically the plot of the film. Nothing too crazy in this one. It really feels like a mix of arachnophobia meets Night of the Living Dead. Uh, the acting is kind of goofy, which you should expect if you see William Shatner in anything. But honestly, I, I liked it. it- it's, a- it's a cool watch. Uh, there are a ton of cool spider moments in it it's uh, the story was actually pretty fun and it's it's creepy if you are creeped out by spiders this is definitely one that's going to creep you out uh yeah i think it's it's an underrated film i don't hear too many people talking about this one but i definitely think it's worth your attention and uh, i think i also watched this on tubi so i gave it three and a half stars out of five and interesting story about this one they had thousands of spiders For the production, and when they finished the production, they didn't know what to do with them, so they just let them loose. And apparently, this town for jet for like years afterwards had like a way higher number of tarantulas than any other town around it because they just fucking let those those tarantulas loose into the town. So I'm sure that town is thrilled that uh, this production rolled through. So yeah, Kingdom of Spiders, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. I think
0: it's trivia time. Yes. Yes. So I will give a year update. Um, So Joe is in the lead still with 48. Steve second place, 45. Myself uh, third place, 41. We are game number one for quarter number three. Uh, I have all my questions for my friend Brent, whose favorite film is The Lost Boys. He's super pumped to talk about this film and all of his trivia questions that he sent in are Lost Boys related. So I will go first if that's okay with you guys. No.
2: All right. Okay then. Okay.
1: Me. Okay, fine. Question number one.
0: How many times does his name Michael
2: 118. Incorrect.
0: 118? Incorrect.
2: 118 is incorrect.
0: That's it, according to him.
2: Uh i m d b begs to differ. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, he's, I looked got he's got the
0: fact he's got the movie making book though. Oh. Oh. So who's 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 right? 118 and 114. We'll leave it to the judges. I'll put a I'll say one fourteen. <laughs> I'll put one question mark, Steve. And we will confirm at a later
1: date. Okay. All right. So I'll go. It's next. a hell of a lot though.
0: That's it's true. too many. Yeah, it's, too it's many. way too many. It's a hundred and <laughs> hundred and five too many.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking
1: Michael. God. All right. Well, in honor of the Lost Boys, all my true questions are vampire movie Ooh. related this week. So let's start off with match the director to his vampire movie. Okay. Here is the director. You tell me his movie. Toby Hooper. Um, uh,
0: oh, it's right there.
2: Um,
1: dang it. Hooper, <laughs> fuck uh, <laughs> yes. Um, um, shit. <laughs> wow people are probably screaming it right now uh, over the air this is no, so annoying
0: near dark <laughs> no it's not near dark that's, no. uh catherine vigil i think
2: um yep. yeah that's right it is catherine yeah.
0: is it mortuary
2: it is not mortuary no
0: okay i got it i now i now it came to me good going oh,
2: oh no it. no you, go ahead you sure yeah, yeah. salem's lot salem's lot is correct right. Gosh, i salem's had to get lot. the
0: mortuary out of there and then yeah <laughs> <Salem's laughs> gosh stupid fuck all right (laughs) (laughs) this is so annoying when you know it and you don't know it and then you know it
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so uh i'm going back to my uh to my well here with uh guess the movie based off the imdb parental guide Ooh, it is not vampire related so (laughs) just okay could be a vampire film i'm just saying but it may not be Sex, sex and nudity. So definitely is. <laughs> sex and nudity. Ooh. Woman is shown nursing a baby without explicit nudity. Young boy tries to catch a glimpse of his older sister's cleavage.
1: Oh, um, that does sound
0: familiar. That is the witch. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: gonna say. Nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. Yeah, awesome. All right. What does Sam Corey Haim give Grandpa to use as aftershave
1: before his date? Windex. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Grandpa's got it going on, man. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh, does. <laughs> yeah. he does. He does. Slaying. Ladies, a real ladies' man. Alrighty. Next question. Tagline. Oh. I remember oh, the thing. Oh, okay. Yes. From the master of evil comes a new breed of terror. Night. Um... Incorrect.
0: Nice guess, though.
1: From the master of evil comes a new breed of terror. We need the movie. Can I, can I guess uh, one more time after? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of
0: course. Um, Nightbreed, even though I don't think it's vampires.
2: No. no. Salem's Lot. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I thought you were tricking us. <laughs> I mean, King could have been the, the master of evil, yeah. right?
0: I'm trying to think of vampire movies with. Of Course, you'd like draw okay. a blank. Uh, I want
2: one more guess and then after, <laughs> and then that's do All right, it. Go for uh, it. Uh, Car- uh, Carpenter's Vampires. Correct. No, Carpenter's vampires. I, right, I got <laughs> that mahogany going and I'm like, um... <laughs> all
0: right.
2: Next one is <laughs> guess the movie based off the IMDb, uh, like trivias and stuff. You know, their yeah. Did You Know section. Gotcha. Trivia. Among many other references, Transformers 1986 is paid homage. In the scene where PG fights Darkscreen. he crushes his false crown. Okay. Okay. This is, quotes. Hi, God. Now, I know you don't want to do all the goody two-shoes stuff you say everybody should do, but I can't help it, and I'll do whatever the heck I want, okay? Anyways... I need your advice. A huge battle between evil and worse From evil. From Dawn? Wrong. Damn. Uh, a huge battle between evil and worse evil is about to go down, and I have a very big decision to make. Which shades should I wear? That's a trick question. I know I'm going to wear the zebra ones. In conclusion, <laughs> why am I even the one talking to you? There's a new god in town. Okay. And finally, crazy credits. The credits start rolling over Alistair and his family eating dinner in awkward silence. It
1: sounds really familiar, but I'm not. I I'm know for a fact together. you've both seen it. doesn't help. <laughs> because we reviewed it on this podcast. Oh, God. Of course we did. <laughs> I was going to say, the whole, like, God thing sounds really, yeah, sound like that a really, really familiar monologue.
0: Um, Alistair. I mean, if you don't know the name, you're kind of. Yeah. right there. Yeah, the whole monologue really stands out. Um, you guys, you
2: guys, give up? Yeah. Yeah. So I get put a little hint in there. PG, re- referencing Psycho Goreman.
1: Psycho Gorman. Oh fuck
2: that movie. That was a Mimi line. <laughs> 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 she would talk. say something like that. Yeah, she up. would. <laughs> All right.
0: Question number three. What is the name of Max's dog, a.k.a. the Hound of Hell? Oh,
2: it's
1: Nanook. No, that's the other dog. Oh, shit. It's, uh, shit. Me and Sam were talking about this earlier, and I couldn't remember the Hound of Hell dog name. It's like, uh, Lentil? Incorrect. I don't remember. I can't remember. I remember
2: looking at it through the credits, though.
1: I'm like... Uh, Levi? Incorrect.
2: Uh, I can't remember it. Steve, you want another shot? No, I don't remember.
0: His name is Thorn. Thorn,
1: hmm. that's right. Thorn yeah. the dog. Mm-hmm. All righty, <laughs> all right. My last one tonight. Three letterbox reviews. Name the movie. I love the Lost Boys. Please don't get me wrong, but goddamn, there has never been a group of vampires as sexy as these. Into the Vampires. Incorrect. Yes. All right. <laughs> all right. Number oh, two. You. Number two. Uh, I don't buy the central rom- romance of this movie at all, I but I, I do. Yeah, but I do, do buy the. But I do buy the coolness of this character who sells it so hard. Okay,
0: let's say the third one just for fun.
1: And number three, <laughs> I know for sure what it is. Shout out to this character for rocking the most evil rat tail in movie history. If I'm wrong,
0: I'm stupid. What is Near Dark? That is correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
2: good work thank you all right last one guess the movie by the letterboxd reviews nice okay i have five of them just so you just so you know and the first one will not tell you anything but i thought it was so funny i had to mention it anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) are these our reviews
2: no no i think i'm the only one who reviewed it on letterboxd okay I want this entire movie tattooed on my ass. So I, that's how <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I just have to throw that one in. Jeez. All right. What the fuck did dogs do to the people who made this movie?
0: What, what the fuck did dogs do?
2: Yeah. What the fuck did dogs do to the people who made this movie? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Dog the Bounty Hunter.
2: Got it. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Could you can one consider this a period piece? Okay. 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 Next one. Two sisters with great hair get themselves into quite a messy situation. Ginger snaps. Correct. Yes. So my uh, my theme actually was Canada, Canada Day.
1: Ah, <laughs> right. uh-huh. Canada fame. Nice.
2: They're all they're all filmed in Canada, those three movies. Oh,
1: lovely. Sweet. Yeah.
2: The witch not too far away from me, actually.
0: Oh, that's an <laughs> <a> awesome movie. <laughs> All right, game number one myself in the lead with four. Steve and Joe tied with one apiece. However, we will go to the judges. Grants for Steve's possible one point based off how many times Michael said in the film. He said 14. IMDb says 118. We will reconvene
2: next week.
1: I mean, if they both say something, I mean, if IMDb and
2: the book, yeah, I mean, I would just give them the point. I I could be wrong. I'm going off memory.
1: So, oh, 118. Yeah, I have it right here. 118. I mean, if IMDB says it, I would say it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, We'll see.
0: All right. Lost Boys 87, directed by Joel Schumacher. Straight from the Blu-ray. Sam and his older brother, Michael, are average, everyday teens. But after they move with their mother to the perfect Santa Clara, or Clara, sorry, California, things mysteriously begin to change. Michael's not himself lately, and mom's not going to like what he's turning into. Okay. So, yeah, mom has a divorce and she takes her her two boys, one Michael, who's like an older teen. I think he's meant to be what, 17, 18, something like that. Corey Haim, 14, 15 ish, whatever. They go to a new town to live with their grandfather. And it's a beachside town. And, you know, they're a little angsty, little teenagers. You know, it's 80s. So they're like, they, they, they want to have fun. They want to get out. Mom needs a job. So she goes to like the pier and goes to like a DVD, no, not DVD, sorry, VHS tape store. When she gets a job there, she meets this older gentleman that's, you know, he seems like a really great guy. But first, we were introduced to this group of punk kids led by Keith Sutherland, who's just running amok on the pier. They're pushing people around. They're hitting on girls. They're not listening to the security team, things like that. And we know that something's something's wrong with them. So our uh, guys, Sam and Michael, they go to the to the pier for a little party. Michael gets uh, catches the eye of this. You know, there's young girl. She's dancing. She's feeling it. He, they lock eyes. He likes her. Oh, no, but she's with Keith Sutherland and his crew. But that's not going to stop him. Eventually they link up, Uh, he gets introduced to Keith Sutherland's crew and they end up trying to turn him into a vampire. And we'll leave it at that. They enlist the help, sorry, Corey Haim's character enlists the help of the Frog Brothers, played by Corey Feldman and some other guy, I forget his name, who run the local comic book store, but they also are the the local comic, uh, sorry, vampire hunters, uh, self-proclaimed. And then we just follow them along as they're trying to figure out what's wrong with Michael, as Michael's trying to get with the girl, and Sam's trying to fucking figure it out with Vampire Brother or the Vampire Killing Brothers things like that. The first time I was exposed to this movie Elementary School, I got the VHS tape from somebody I don't remember. When I got home, the house was locked and didn't have my key, so I went to my neighbor's house and they were ultra religious, but they let me in. I'm like, "Can I watch this VHS tape?" I'm like, "Sure." Ended up watching Lost Boys with my ultra religious neighbor, older lady, and we were into it. So it was a really fun time. This movie bleeds the 80s man it's got so much 80s in it the hair the music i still believe the the buff sax guy the attitudes everything about it's 80s like if i wanted to give it a good example of a snapshot to 80s culture and horror lost boys would be up there with uh, the top picks there along with like return to the living dead things like that and fright night but yeah i i've always enjoyed this film i don't think it's perfect by any means i have a lot of questions there's a lot of stuff it's like wait a minute, that doesn't really make sense, but I think it's really fun for the 80s look, the 80s feel, and I really like the chemistry between the brothers, I think that's like flawless, I really like that relationship though, so overall, a like.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't see Lost Boys until later in life, I was probably, wasn't until like my 20s the first time, uh, i had sorry, but like I always, like even when I was a kid, I remember going to my buddy's house, when like we were in like elementary school and that cover just would always stick with me that yeah that lost boys that classic lost boys cover you know and like it never grabbed me though you know i was always like well that kind of looks like boring you know what i mean like based on like the cover it's like i wouldn't know it was a i didn't know it was a vampire movie you know back then or else i would have watched it just based on the cover i was like oh it just looks like a bunch of sort of like uh What's that one, The Outsiders? I thought it was like a, like something like that. So I was like, oh, I never really. But then like, you know, once I started getting more into horror later in life, like obviously The Lost Boys, everyone's like, oh, you got to watch The Lost Boys. You got to watch The Lost Boys. So finally, I jumped on the train, watched The Lost Boys. And honestly, I probably hadn't watched it since. So it's probably been like, you know, I've seen it bits and pieces here and there, but I haven't sat down and watched the, the whole movie in, in probably, you know, a solid seven, eight years. And yeah, I think it still holds up. Like, I still really, really enjoyed it. I agree with Todd. Absolute time capsule of the '80s. The fucking saxophone guy, just an all-time scene right there. That I still believe scene is just is who, so great. Who you've met? Who you've met. <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. I have. He, yeah, interesting. He was also man. That dude's legit. Actually, he toured with like Tina Turner. Like he played saxophone for Tina Turner and shit like that. That dude's like a legit musician. He was so yeah.
0: He was also on Gladiators. Yeah. I did was he really? American deep, Gladiators? I did, I did a giant deep dive in Gladiators, and yes, he was a contestant, and <laughs> he, got awesome. beat, he got beat up off stage for playing dirty, allegedly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, so you get that, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a time capsule A's movie. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's like horror light, you know? Like, there's nothing like extreme horror here, but you know it doesn't surprise me because i saw richard donner's name like attached which he was attached to the goonies and it reminds me a lot of the goonies it's like a sort of a horror version of the goonies in a lot of ways you know the actual like the lost boys that ragtag group led by Keefer keever keever sutherland is fantastic i think they have like great chemistry and the chemistry between michael and david i think is great like you know like it there, there's like a lot of mystere you know mystery like around them and stuff like that it's like they want to be friends but they also want to be enemies and i, I love their back and forth i love the character sam cory hame and his stuff i love that whole storyline with him and the frog brothers but what the fuck is going on with Corey feldman's voice man it is like the that weirdest <laughs> it's the weirdest choice of voice like he's like acting like an adult but he's not an adult like it's It's a really really bizarre, but I love the Frog Brothers. I love those characters. I yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's just like a really, really fun time. I really don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. I feel like every storyline is interesting. You know, you get the storyline with the the mother and the boy and the boyfriend, the frog brothers, the Michael, you know, David thing. And then, you know, you kind of have a bit of a love story thrown in too, with like Michael and Jamie Gertz, I believe, is the actress's name. I forget her character in this movie. But yeah, I mean, to me, fun time, great time capsule of the 80s. And to me, still holds up pretty damn well. Star. <laughs> the
2: yeah, girl. Star. It's a girlfriend twister. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. So
2: I've seen this movie, you know, every, every few years, I'd say it's, it's like one that kind of I'll watch every once in a while. And I do like this movie, and I'll talk a lot about why. But I'm also not, like, at the same level that a lot of people are with this movie. And people put this on the top kind of pedestal of horror, whereas I don't. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's, like, a great movie. Uh, it's It wouldn't have been, like, on my top 10 of the 80s or in, pretty much even in contention uh, for me personally. There are a lot of things I love about it, though. Uh, the music just fucking slaps in this. Uh, very 80s music. Uh, that That first, like, that kind of main theme that they play at the beginning is just absolutely People amazing strange yeah that did that do, and i i really love the vampires in this i think they're really interesting and that's actually one of my biggest negatives for this movie is i feel that they don't focus on them enough i think there are some storylines in this that they could have cut and have more focus on the vampires because every time they showed up the movie is instantly a, a lot better in my opinion and i did like the kind of frog brothers being kind of opposite that so i thought that was good as well but some of the other stuff, like the love story, I thought it was unnecessary. Uh, the grandpa storyline, although it was interesting, was it really necessary? I don't know. And I particularly don't like the guy dating, you know, the Diane West character. That whole thing, that whole plot line to me could have been dropped. He didn't feel like an earned, spoiler alert, final boss. I thought David was really kind of the core of that vampire group. And he could kind of just get dispatched really quickly without much fanfare and I thought that was always disappointing for this but there's still a lot of fucking fun stuff about this movie there are such memorable scenes you know Todd has a background right now when they're hanging from the bridge the whole stuff at the fair is friggin' awesome and I just I fond memories of the movie I just don't think it's like top tier horror in my opinion
0: yeah so I I do have a question since you talked about the bridge explain that sequence to me Does, does Michael really fall and they rescue him how does he get back to his bed that's where i'm kind of confused at that part
2: to me it was like a metaphor for falling into the haze right it was like his transformation between humanity and vampire um so i feel that they either caught him or maybe it was water down there i don't know but whatever it was it was kind of them it was like the final part of the initiation you know Mm -hmm. so i think he passed out probably from the adrenaline and then they brought him you know into the bed, and then it's like the, your this is your new life now as a vampire, so I think it's more of a metaphor than an actual like okay.
1: draw. yeah ag- agreed my other my big question though for this entire movie is why Michael like why did they choose not- Michael? Like, is that why? Like, cause he's like good looking like the rest of them. Like, cause he, obviously like they're going around, you know, murder, ca- uh, Santa Carla murder capital of the world. All these vampires are going around, you know, the four of them are kind of running rampant or uh, however many vamp. we really don't know how many vampires are actually there. We assume it's kind of the four of them and then the head vampire and they're sort of killing people and deciding to turn some of them, but we're only seeing that they've really only turned star and the little boy. Or, yeah, why the little um, boy of all people yeah i don't know like there, there's definitely some unanswered questions here but i think the biggest one is why michael like you know he's new in town like I, and just like all of a sudden they you know decided to do a motorcycle race with them and then Oh, well, let's go drink the blood and we'll turn your, you know, and we want you to be part of the, 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 the crew, I guess. Cause like, he seems to be a bad boy. He's riding a motorcycle too. So they think <laughs> he's like a good candidate. He's got, he's got, they look at him. All right. He's got hair. He's got leather jacket. <laughs> he's
0: got motorcycle. Let's get him in. It's weird though. Cause star and is, is, um, David's girlfriend, right. Or concubine, whatever you want to say. So why would they want Michael who's clearly like, the love interest now into their click when he's just going to still star away from him, which he does. So Do that, that we, is mean, also, also a big did question. The,
1: well, here's, I guess I can't remember. Did the mother meet the head vampire first before Michael recruited him? Cause maybe the head vampire was like, Hey, you need to go recruit Michael. Well, what, wasn't that after the mom. Yeah, is that what a, it was?
2: I thought that was like a part of the storyline where he kind of like scouted them, you know, early on yeah was kind of, oh, i might point. have missed that that's a yeah. good point
0: because they do when they come into the record store or the video store um she's talking to them about a job and then yeah. all the vampires look at her and then look at him mm-hmm. and he's like i told you not to fucking come in here anymore mm-hmm. so yeah you know what i think maybe that is like all right i think we cracked that code <laughs> we're good
2: we solved yeah. it they got to get the kids
0: in. oh yeah because the guy says once you once i had your sons i knew you'd be
2: easy or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah
0: we're dumb as fuck so yeah, yeah. there you go yeah <laughs> and, and, and i
2: think star was like <laughs> the lore right from from yeah, michael she's so. a,
0: i can't he the honey
2: exactly so that's yeah it, it all it was all planned in advance i think <laughs> so another
0: question to that so we know that michael and star have sex right do they have sex in front of that fucking kid because yep. he's right there absolutely they did <laughs> it's hella <laughs> weird man
2: uh although the kid might it was in a day wasn't it so the kid should be in like slumber by then because well, of the vampire, So should right?
0: star and david
1: i mean michael then Yeah, you well, know, michael's still like getting he's still transitioning oh um, so that's yeah they're all still transitioning at that point i thought like star and the little kid too like they were because she was like oh i'm still kind of like I'm weakening, but I'm still like not fully turned yet. So so. I don't know. I'm assuming he's in the other room. I don't think it was that. (laughs) There's one big room. But why did they like, I don't know. I feel like the love story was like, could have been cut completely, sort of. But like, especially the sex scene is so unnecessary. Like, it's, yeah, it was like totally unnecessary. And it didn't lead anywhere. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess you need, you need a sex scene in the 80s, though. I guess, you know, it had to happen. It's like not even a sex scene. It's
0: fucking like, a shoulder being exposed slowly. (laughs) I want to see the script for that scene.
1: But do you guys agree with me? Do you think this is, like, sort of horror light? Like, I, this is, like, like there's, like, a little bit of gore and stuff here and there, but, like, I just, like, when you think horror movies, like, I just feel like this isn't, like, like, think of other, like, horror zombie, zombie, uh, sorry, other vampire horror movies, like, sort of, like, A Fright Night and, you know, From Dusk Till Dawn, stuff like that, and I just feel like this one... I feel like there's more like family-friendly horror to me.
0: I, I think it's a, a very good entry point, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yes. I watched it with my 11-year-olds mm-hmm. and he was into it. And also in my notes here, like I think Steve mentioned too, when, when the vampires are on the screen doing their thing, it's fucking cool. Like one of my favorite shots is the punk um, bonfire massacre where they're just like fucking watch this, dude. And they go in there and just like wreak havoc. And they don't show a lot. But it's a lot of like quick cuts of like biting a skull and blood explode. I'm like, damn. And they're, it's brutal because they put all their bodies on the bonfire. I'm like, man, we need more of this. Like show their brutality a little bit more. Instead of their like, a lot of the times when the vampire crew is on screen, it's them like tilting their head and like looking with pouty eyes at each other. Like, nah, let's see more. Let's see more violence. So I think that's like a good entry point. I think this is like a, you watch Hocus Pocus and then you watch Lost Boys. Like you you level up.
2: Yeah. And it doesn't need necessarily a lot more gore. You know, I think there are a lot of interesting things. And I mean, the vampires at face value are pretty scary when certain vampire form. You know, the, the makeup on them was actually uh, pretty decent and scary. So I could see how this is categorized as, you know, a horror film. I mean, I've seen a lot of 80s movies that had a lot less than The Lost Boys as well. So I think it fits into the mold quite well. You know, it's huge. A lot of these horror films, especially in the 80s, it's like horror light up until the last. 20 minutes you know and that's kind of the same thing in this movie so I think it checks the boxes but it is a good entry to horror for sure
0: yeah and we all agree like we mentioned earlier Michael said way too many times way too many times how many times is your name called throughout the day like like,
2: it's twice is Kiefer Sutherland's like vocabulary or like dialogue in this like 50 percent Michael
0: (laughs) yeah maybe all right the director's like okay you said Michael but can you put like a little bit more like emphasis on the L part Michael. Oh perfect. Yeah, do that seventeen more times. It's like I it's just like it's laughable. If it's 118, 114, whatever, but my god, like please, everyone says his name, except for one vampire thinks called him Mikey as a joke. But other than that, it's fucking Michael the entire movie. I don't get it.
1: And why do we think like the Frog Brothers know what's going on? Like, is it because they're like just into like, comic books comic and stuff books, like that? Yeah. So, yeah, right. Like, like we how like they seem this. to be, they kind of seem to be the only ones in town that are actually like awake to what's actually Grandpa. happening. Grandpa does, yeah. Grandpa, yeah. Grandpa does mention that at the end. Yeah. So is it just like people are are too afraid, and these you know young sort of teens like they actually have the balls to kind of stand up and do something about
0: it i think they're at that sweet spot too if we're looking yeah. at it for like face value they're teens they believe in believing stuff that adults aren't probably prone to like plus their parents are just stoned out of their minds at all points in this movie that we see them and then everyone else is a party town so no people aren't worrying about vampires they're worrying about partying so plus you gotta you gotta have some kind of cool character right
2: yeah it's basically every kid's film where the kids know what's going on and the adults have no fucking clue, right? How many times have we seen this in film where the kids just happen to know everything about everything? (laughs) you know, And then the adults are just kind of like along for the ride. So yeah, I think it was uh, basically just comic books, right? Now I'm curious how many vampires they've actually killed in the past. Zero. Uh, Zero, you think?
0: I think zero, yeah. (laughs)
2: Because they seem to know enough of the rules that... But then again, they have garlic and garlic ends up not being a thing. Right. One of the vampires actually like laughs at the garlic thing. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, what's his face eats garlic too.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Which is something I don't like with the movie because they kind of, um, they throw you off, you know, like we all think it's him. And then they do like the mirror test. They do the garlic test, things like that. And his reasoning it doesn't work is because you invited me into the house. Is that a, is that a, like a vampire rule anywhere else? Or is this just a lost boy saying where you, you lose your power because you invited me in. I'm like, eh,
2: that's kind of cheap. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like that whole thing, to be honest. It was kind of, I, again, I don't feel it was super earned and it wasn't really interesting. And they dispatch him way too quickly. Once they do figure it out, it just, I don't know. It's just, it didn't feel right for this movie. I thought, you know, David was such a better character. And I mean, I, even though it was obvious that he was kind of the leader of the group and maybe you could have had someone in the background, but this, didn't feel like it should be it and that whole scene with the throwing off yeah it just like uh, i don't know
1: yeah i mean i didn't mind like the whole throwing off thing because it kind of kept it like oh well maybe he's not an it and whatnot but i agree like i think like maybe if they gave him a better makeup and like had a great sort of battle at the end where he was really powerful but yeah i agree with steve like he's just Kind of thrown. His makeup isn't all that great. He just kind of looks like the rest of them, and he's supposed to be the head vampire. So they should have given him a different look and something cooler and kind of more menacing or horrific. And then yeah, he's just disposed of just as easily as the rest of them. And uh yeah, I agree. It it wasn't earned. And I think it would have, we would have been fine if David was the head vampire and we got an epic battle with David. Because at the end of the day, David is obviously the star uh really of this movie and you know I think and who knows maybe people weren't expecting David you know when they wrote the script they weren't expecting you know Kiefer to kill the role uh as you know as good as he did and then when he kind of overshadows sort of everyone else in this movie and they're like well shit
0: (laughs) yeah I I mirror all that I would I would have loved to seen because he's like essentially the father right of these vampires so it would have been really cool for him to like be emotional when his sons are dead and impaled and things like that. Like that way, I think if you're gonna make him, because we they he wants to be like a sympathetic, like they want a mother, right? So like his kids are dead. Let's make him be more sympathetic and have him like you know, be highly emotional, and then he snaps and he's a he's a he's a killer fucking vampire. I think that would have been cool
1: too, but we didn't get. He it. also. He also wasn't, like, really didn't seem all that upset either that, like, his, like, sort of kids. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he was, like, actually the father or he just kind of, like, turned them so, like, he was, like, a quote-unquote father sort of figure to them. But, like, he didn't even seem, like, upset that they just kind of got fucking all destroyed. Yeah, inconvenience mostly.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, I'm really bummed out by how quickly they're dispatched, though. It's especially that they said, I'm not kind of being so powerful, right? I mean, they can fly, which they've seen a ton of times. They kill a ton of people. They can make mind games, right? Which they do with the Chinese food and never again for the rest of the fucking movie, which I thought that would come, so that, you know, they somehow like messed with their perceptions or something like that. I don't know. It just like feels like they should have been tougher to get rid of. I don't know. It's just... Things like that. I, I guess that's my gripes. A lot of my gripes in this movie movies, how they have I vampires.
0: Sorry. Yeah, I, w- I wish they would have gone after each other. I wish the two groups would have clashed earlier than having like. And I love the scene um, where David's like, "Tonight," you know, that's a really cool scene. But I wish that would have happened a little bit sooner. Like they they cut out a little bit more of the "Is Michael going to turn? Is he not going to turn?" thing, sped it up a little bit, and then made the um, vampire hunt longer and then made the final scene happen earlier, but longer. And then with the emotional stuff with the dad, I think that would have been cool. But I mean, it is what it is. Have yeah. you guys ever seen the sequels?
2: No, I, I have them. I downloaded them. So I'm, I, I want to watch them, but I don't want to get confused. When I watched three movies of the same series, I started getting confused with them. So I'm yeah. going to watch them probably in the upcoming weeks. But uh, no, i never seen them.
0: What is it? Like The Tribe and The Thirst or something like that? Yeah,
2: something like that. Yeah,
0: Feldman comes back, right? For in the one, third one or second,
2: second or third, yeah.
0: Doesn't Haim for one
2: of them before he passed? I'm not sure. Maybe it would have been the second one. Maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's way later, right? It's the 2000s, like early 2000s. Yeah, it's 20 years
0: later. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm definitely curious.
0: Corey Haim, yeah. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, and so one thing I also wish they had done is, if you are gonna have the grandfather uh, character, is kind of set him up as maybe the the actual vampire hunter. Uh, because he has that um, that thing in his fridge, right? The old fart uh, section of his fridge, and it's kind of hinted towards him being kind of a half-vampire, because he does have that kind of drink at the end, which I saw almost as maybe it's kind of some kind of blood or something. He was almost like Blade, I thought he could be. And <laughs> why else would he have that fucking pleasure room, right? Of, like, all that
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, seriously, like, Jesus.
2: <laughs> so I thought... Like use the grandpa a little bit more rather than just being kind of just there. (laughs) Comedic effects. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How did how did he even know what was going on? Like he just crashes the car into the house, but like how did he know like we're just having a party, grandpa? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know, but I love how
0: they destroy his fucking house. Like they destroy the pipes, which is a really cool scene. They destroy the banister, he drives his car through it. I'm like he's not even pissed too. Love that guy. Yeah, but I do I have love, a fun fact. Oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I love how he just plays dead when they come. It's such a fucking old man joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to be dead on the On the porch. <laughs> the porch. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so random. <laughs> all but... places. Yeah. That's weird.
0: So, so I mentioned earlier, uh, my friend Brent, this is his favorite movie. So he has a fun fact. He has like, met all the cast, all the stuff and he's really into. It. So he says, uh, hey guys, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on my all-time favorite movie. I want to share a quick behind-the-scenes fact that I thought was cool. In the original script, there was supposed to be a post credit scene where the camera moved through the cave and eventually focused on an old mural from the year 1900. As the camera focuses, we see a familiar figure, Max, talking to a group of young men on the boardwalk. Do you guys think this would have been a cool addition to the film or prefer the ending the way it is? I personally think it would have been a cool touch. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, Brent.
1: Yeah, I think that would have been a a cooler touch because I think it just ends so like sort of abruptly and unsatisfying in some ways you know like you know it's like sort of a bit of a joke you know and like the movie just kind of ends I mean with the great song obviously but yeah I, I think that would have been a nice sort of bookend to the story
2: I agree it was really abrupt and uh, that would have been a better way of like something like right now the way it ends it's just kind of uh, okay <laughs> it's over uh, and it for for a movie with such iconic imagery uh, the end is just not special at all, and I think that's what it was missing to get to that top-level horror that I was talking about before. Um, because the rest of it's it's a fun movie. It's just, they kind of drop the ball at the end.
0: Agreed. I would have loved to see more, and I really wanted more backstory with the vampires, which I think we all said. All right, write it. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I picked this one because next month I'm going to Monster Mania. And they're doing a Lost Boys reunion. So it was like perfect time to do it. I'm going to meet Kiefer, which I'm super excited about. Um, also, Alex Winter is going to be there. And uh, Michael Jason Patrick, I believe is his name. And one of the other guys too. Uh, one of the other vampires. So yeah, pretty pretty solid reunion. Fortunately, the Frog Brothers will not be there. They're going to be at a, the next show the following month, so apparently they couldn't get the Frog Bros out there for it, but yeah, I'm excited. I haven't met any of the Lost Boys yet, so besides uh Tim Capello, which was the sax player, he's the only one I have met, so we, I'm excited.
2: We, we, we had breakfast next to uh, Alex
1: Winter. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so at, uh, mean, so yeah. technically you saw him. I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah. formally met any right. of the Lost Boys yet, but uh yeah, I'm excited. Definitely excited to meet Kiefer. I actually bought a wig, um, which I posted in the Discord, because I'm going to cosplay as... As David, when so I uh, get my can photo be better op, and yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna cosplay as David when I meet. I'm gonna do a so I, I was gonna planned on doing a photo op with all four of them. But I sat on my fingers and it sold out. So I'm going to do a combo, a duo one with Michael and David, which is cool with me because they're the two, you know, yeah, best yeah, characters, so the main characters in the movie. So I'm going to have my David cosplay. I'm going to have my Chinese food box. And yeah, so it should should turn out for a good photo. And I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this movie is s- such a fun time, despite its flaws. I just. I don't know. This movie is just kind of feels like a warm hug. Every time I watch it, it's just like, yeah, it's just like just such a good time. It makes me happy every time I watch it and I could watch it like a million times. And I don't think I'd ever get sick of it, honestly. So, you know, we were like, we, you know, we said some negative things about it and whatnot. And I don't fault any of those negatives. Obviously I think they're very valid, but to me, I still love this movie and I give it a four and a half out of five.
0: Nice. Are you going to have Kiefer write Michael as his quote?
1: <laughs> I should. <laughs> I'm adding him to that, my big poster I'm working on because uh, he's on there. So I'm not going to, he's the only character I'm going to put on the poster. So nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what? Same thing, Amir, what Joe said. We had some issues with it. What film doesn't have issues? You know what I mean? But I love it because it's just a snapshot to the 80s, man. It's got everything. It It's just 80s. Like, there you go. So I'm giving it a strong four out of five.
2: Yeah, and kind of the same thing, right? I I brought up a lot of points I didn't like about it, but don't get it wrong. I still think it's a great movie. I mean, I I said at the beginning, I watch it every few years. I don't watch it just (laughs) every few years because I don't like it. You know, I, I do really like this movie. I just think it was missing that last ingredient to be like really top tier horror. I mean, it's still a classic and great and I'll still keep watching it, but just missing a little bit. So I also gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd.
0: Nice. Strong showing. What's
2: mm-hmm. a good movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Very nice. Remember and... when you got the mystery box from that one guy that had the Chinese takeout thing, Joe?
1: Yes, yeah. I think that was a bit <laughs> that was probably a band box, honestly. Which... No, 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 it oh. was a Benny box. Was it? Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. it was like a killer, a killer box. I there think it was. Yeah. it was. What it was called? Yeah. And speaking of mystery boxes, end of an era. Band box <laughs> is coming to an end, and I. Have subscribed oh, to shit. the last six months of Bambox. So I am making a YouTube comeback for oh. the last, it's going to be a short run, six videos, Bambox unboxings for those last six months. So if you want to check it out, you can check out my YouTube channel. I'll post it in the Discord uh, if you guys want to do so. A small Joe House of Horror reunion comeback um oh, will be coming you, you so. know what i'll do the same thing why the fuck nice right, yeah let's do it, let's do it. Uh, I,
2: I also get them i'll put them on the horse squad this uh because my flipping the nerd has turned into the horse squad yeah, yeah yeah so i could keep my subscriber count and uh yeah let, let's do it why not right yeah
1: let's do it <laughs> uh, but honestly
2: they've been way better in the last year i'd say uh last month had linnea quigley in it um you know their their stars are more like recognizable names than they used to be so uh yeah i think it'll be a fun final six months it was eugene clark the month before oh yeah pretty decent showings
1: nice all right guys well that is going to be it for this week's episode we hope you enjoyed our review of the lost boys next week very exciting we're heading back to the theaters first time in a long time to check out insidious the red door very excited for that for that one love the insidious franchise so can't wait to see how that is. In the meantime, you can keep up with the podcast by following us on our social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can email us at any time, podcast at gmail.com. But of course, the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our Discord, completely free to join, an amazing community, tons of channels. We got everything over there. So please join our Discord. All you gotta do is send us a DM uh, on any of our socials or email, or find us, any of us solo, and we'll get you a free link over to that Discord channel. I guess that is it. Uh, oh, also merch. Don't forget merch, guys. If you want to support the podcast uh, in a small way, buy a shirt, buy a hat. We got a ton of stuff over there, actually. Uh, tpublic.com backslash the Horror podcast. And, of course, don't forget to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast if you haven't already. We would really appreciate it. So that is it. We'll see you guys next week for Insidious the Red Door. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Michael.
0: Mike. Michael. Mike. Mike. Michael 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 This Michael 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 Michael
2: Michael 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 Michael
1: Michael 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 Michael
0: Michael 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 Michael
2: Michael, I Michael Michael
1: Michael <sighs> Mike. 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 Michael 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 You, Michael Mike Mike Michael 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 Mike, Michael, 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 Michael,
0: Michael, 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 Michael,
1: Michael, 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 Michael Mike, 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 Michael, 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 Mike, Michael, Michael, Mike! 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 Michael, Michael, Mike! Michael, 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 Michael,
0: cool. Michael, Michael, and I.
1: Michael, 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 Michael Michael! Oh, Michael!
0: You must be Michael,
1: right?